Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. As unbelievable as it sounds, this is another Arsenal podcast that is the Away Gunners podcast. We bring news and reaction from Arsenal fans from all over the world. This is the post-match episode of the West Brom game and the preview for the Manchester City game from the Away Gunners podcast. We got the whole gang back to discuss about Jack Wilshere and his contributions to Arsenal. Bob does his whole stat corner and some transfer rumors. Oh yeah, we do the predictions too. Do check out. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Awakeness Podcast. Uh, this is the game, uh, this is the day after the uh, West Brom game. So we are actually flying a little bit higher than usual as Arsenal fans. Uh, although uh, we will talk more about it in uh, in, in future. This, this podcast though is about the preview for the Manchester City game. We've got uh, the gang back, uh, Arun from Vada London Podcast. Hi Arun. Oh. Hi Bob. Hey. And uh, Deepak, hi. Hello. So, uh, before we start, I thought we would say the usual stuff uh, that we say at the last over here. Like, hi, everyone. So, if you like what you're hearing, just like, subscribe and share and share your feedback in your comments. Thank you. So, that uh, that out, out of the way, let's start with the game. Uh, I'll start with your own regarding the results against West Brom. Uh, so, how do we compartmentalize this, right? I mean, it's a great result, but it's against West Brom, who played a second string, and we played a re- really stronger team. So, uh, I mean, the intention of playing the stronger team was 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 there for everyone to see. But how do we compartmentalize this results going into the game against Manchester City? No compartmentalization. Just take it for what it is. It's going to give you confidence and that's how I see the game. Like, you know, uh, like you said, we played a much stronger team against West Brom that, like, we thought, we were talking about it in the preview. We said, like, the the team is just two, three spots below us. So, it's not really, like, you know, we sort of in the same league. But then, when it came out to teams, uh, putting out teams, um, it was obvious that Arteta was, like, keeping, you know, like, the City game in mind. Also, given the fact that there's going to be a two-week break, so he had he had a run. He gave a run for all his senior players. We had Auba starting from the front. Um, we had Pepe starting. So everyone did start, and it was good to see all these guys get some playing minutes. You know, like Lacazette got some playing minutes, got a school. It's it's in the grander scheme of things, this game is not going to be like very significant. You know, uh, at least that's what I'm thinking. I'm just saying this as an exercise for people to get back into form, get that confidence, and more importantly, score a goal and get that W. You know, um, actually scoring a goal and and being competitive in a game is not something that we've done in a while. Uh, even the preseason was like on and off. We did not win all our games in preseason. So this is very important in a sense that it gives a bit of confidence back to the players. It gives a it gives a bit of confidence boost to help our who we need to be at is scoring best if we were to be doing anything in this term, given that we do not have other strikers and we're struggling for goals. So given all that, I if you if you ask me to compartmentalize it, I would say like it's a compartment for 
mental health confidence uh, you know like uh, getting the scoring um, uh, rhythm back in that compartment yeah we did really well but like you said i wouldn't touch too much to the win we expected to win this one uh, it's a west brom team who are in the championship we were expected but and even the game the way we played apart from like a few instances it wasn't like champagne football all along there were a few instances that were mainly uh, you know like uh, architected by saka if i could say so all those sequences were really good odegaard was good but outside of this uh, yeah like i would just like to see it as a confidence booster for now and that's a much needed Mm-hmm. but uh, talking about confidence boost though i mean uh, saka uh, when when I mean, before this game even in our uh, review pod bob we we talked about how saka had uh, you know couple of stinkers in defensively we we were slacking a little bit on slack, saka about it and uh, we saw that he didn't have the you know uh, the touch he was he, even in this game when the game started i could see that saka was not making the passes making the run but as the game grew he kind of grew into it so uh, i mean how much of this would be like both for saka and oba oba did the hat trick but then saka had a great game and uh, so how much of this would mean something for him right as a young player especially rather than looking at arsenal's i chose to look at individual performances against west brom and there were a lot of positives that i was able to uh, you know get back from that game so i mean as you said um um oba scoring a goal you know let alone be a hat trick you know it was a massive boost of confidence for him ahead of the new season because we need to him a fit and firing uh, for us to even get to at least closer to top 6 if what all that should be an ambition and apart from that yes saka was very much rusty um against the game against chelsea when he just natural due to the fact that he came pretty late from the euros and then you know he didn't have much of a match practice before that um he was sort of getting back into his gears and form um i mean also the fact that you know the opposition wasn't as much higher as a as a premier league opposition but then yeah um it's still a team and then if they were able to put some good individual performances i felt a sort of assured with um ramsdale is just uh, it's just a matter of time before he starts knocking uh, leno for the first team position and then um he made a lot of few attempts um in being a shot sub uh, sorry um, in uh, a sweeper keeper um in in few of these things that he shown um which made me a, some sort of an assured uh, for the backup goalie position for now um one worrying thing which probably i wanted to touch, touch upon is the fact that despite having numerous right backs at the club you know they still uh, put up a left back or a left footed uh, full back in a right back position which was sort of amusing um, to even think of because you know we had we oh, had other fit backs start right he didn't start at right back chambers played at right back yeah I, i that's that's part of the i mean even even the commentators were saying that and i was really surprised because uh, uh, you know um, I, i didn't see that formation i saw that uh, i saw that it's uh, it's like just you know uh, four at the back with uh, with uh, what's his name tavares tavares kolasinac holding yeah, in the yeah. chambers yeah yeah kolasinac was pl- playing as lcb Center that's back. what my yeah. my eyes saw but even the commentators were mentioning it as a back three which i i didn't see back three i saw tavares being the sorry 
it wasn't back three it was yeah. clearly back four and tavares was playing lb and chambers was rb mhm yeah so, that's sorry go sorry ahead, sorry i was i was going to touch upon one last thing you know uh, from that game you know apart from that um, tavares question there's a fact that i think for once um, we have to give credit to arteta i think he studied west brom very well uh, to the fact that they were playing with a very high line and then we were able to penetrate through their gaps and uh, i i'm just i don't know it's just a wildest of dream that i have and manchester city are known to be having a very high line and a high press and then if at all we manage to do some of these breaking then we probably have a 1% chance against them <laughs> uh, again at the end of the day it's a hope this, it kills us but this, yeah this this right there is so what our fans are about we play when you when you, when you, when you yeah. mention he studied uh, west brom i was like what do you mean study like why should, why wow <laughs> 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 interesting use of words there <laughs> <laughs> I mean literally uh, I was just about to ask Deepak the same question right like as in uh, playing Kolasinac as the right center back I mean left center back uh what is this obsession with Arteta with left footed player being there for the left center back role I don't know like it it, it makes easier right like if you're trying to pass it from the back I know, but but it sounds easier. But we know that all these years, all these years that we have watched uh, Premier League, there has never been this much focus on a left-footed player being the left centre back and then right-footed being the right centre back. We we just put our two best centre backs out there, or not just us, right? Even even la- every other team like United, Rio Ferdinand Vidich. they yeah. were not left and right center backs uh, footed and everything right this like probably comes from his uh, like stint with manchester city they are the guardiola always preferred like a left center back when they were playing from the back so yeah probably trying to follow his thing <laughs> and do something with that yeah but most of the team nowadays like try to play from the back and they prefer they like preferred foot and they are like play out from the back which makes it easier otherwise you are like stuck in a like some kind of body position and you would you just try to clear the ball and that would like you lose the position or something but in our case we lose the position anyway so but <laughs> still i i was actually worried a, a couple of times about our defense during this game even though our attack clicked a little bit later yeah. uh the defense was not uh, not good it was really suspect and i also felt that uh, i mean it's we know this from a lot of scenarios even before uh that elneny and shaka doesn't work that well together and uh, especially defensively it looked like and i saw the same patterns uh, with shaka turning and like uh, when there could be a forward pass he was literally turning and making a sideways pass or a back pass uh, so those are my complaints for this game uh, did you feel any complaints for this game deepak ah uh, no like i don't see like simply there is no sense like keeping forward passing every single time that is like a thing which i hate when people say like oh, he didn't for pass forward he turn back <laughs> and like pass backward doesn't make sense like you can pass forward it doesn't like that you would like make a forward pass and we will go and score a goal that is like a complaint which i don't accept 
because like still saka was a best player best player after what saka mm-hmm. because he controlled the midfield as well so there should be some kind of control i i can understand like he can, he can improve but he still our most progressive passer if you see mm-hmm. so that is not a problem uh, elneni yeah he was actually good but yeah you cannot say like uh, okay we can play with elneni against city but still <laughs> well we can but uh... we can but we don't want to did the defense is like as usual it was like not good uh, the uh, uh what uh, fortunately kolasinat was decent in left center back uh, most of the west brom attack came from chambers and holding side chambers mm-hmm. like doesn't like he has it's we thought he would be our starting right back and he would be at least decent enough but looking at the last 2 3 games he hasn't been like uh, a man. he has been nothing he hasn't improved a, a little bit even but i think i think it is it is part of the reason because i saw that his uh, forward runs were better than his defensive positions so maybe he's trying to improve one side and he's losing the other side of his game he i'm just never, speculating he was never good defensively as well he is just like a plain an average right back which we have like we have four <laughs> so yeah <laughs> all of them are pretty average so we just like hype up like when he plays two three good crosses that is not good enough for arsenal right now so yeah it was expected uh, uh, like since we have no good rbs it was expected to uh, what uh, have a bad defensive shape on that side which was clearly they were like what two three instances where uh, they they had a shot like yeah. a clear one on one shot against ramsgate from yeah. their side so yeah Yeah, talking about Ramsdale. Yeah, if we do this against City, they would clearly yeah. punish us. But still, they don't have a good finisher. If it is Sterling, he would also miss the chance. But still, <laughs> they would create like some twenty twenty five. So, did yeah. did you did you hear about the rumors though? Uh, they are uh, Ronaldo is being offered to City. So what if Ronaldo yeah, so, comes before our game? <laughs> uh, if he you knows, that is too early. <laughs> he has to be registered today, and there are still talks uh, taking place at this moment as we speak. Yeah, okay. if he comes, they they are winning the league. He still <laughs> guarantees around twenty five thirty goals for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, but Arun, uh, let's let's stick to the game a little bit, and we'll finish that off. Uh, how uh, what are your feelings about like uh, Ramsdale and uh, Odegaard? Odegaard is second debut, but still like they they start, kind of made the debut. So what are your thoughts on Ramsdale? I mean, Bob seemed to be impressed a little bit. so i i was not impressed at all i was just feeling like yeah he's just another keeper i didn't really yeah yeah I really didn't... i mean like i'm not going to say that he's uh, he's like the the next manuel or rico casillas but like the the dude that have a pretty good game i mean like uh hey, sorry your reference point should be runner sir <laughs> go from there. Okay, then then I don't think Vijay has a question anymore. If you keep the reference point as runners, and I think that answers everything. I think he'll have to cancel the question at that point. Bob is in his uh, complete uh, Arsenal fan mode today. <laughs> <laughs> runners and being the reference point for for uh, for keepers, but I I didn't feel that much uh, confident with him on the goal. I think uh, he was uh, really suspect, and but it was first game. 
And yeah, I mean, a- I'm, if for the for for the first game, his I felt his distribution was definitely decent, and and that and it was clearly it was it, I saw glimpses of why the club wanted to really go for this guy. A- apart from the fact that he's English and homegrown, like he, uh, we we didn't see any a lot of shot stopping. I don't think we did, but like outside of that. um he did seem to be doing well in terms of distribution and then like you know having a command over his backline and all that so in in that sense i think that that's where we are lacking right now for this kind of play that the team wants to play it's it's mainly someone who can be more uh, assertive at the back like a goalkeeper that knows what's happening and doesn't panic with the ball at his feet uh though the opposition was west brom uh, and without like putting too much uh, thought, uh, uh, too much of you know um, uh, speculation into it i would like to say that yeah he did have a definite uh, a decent game like i i like what i saw for someone who's who was playing the first game in front of fans as well as at an away game you know so given all that i felt like he did well rodagat has always been a baller you know like uh, we know that he's not going to be someone who's going to give you 20 assists a season but like this little things that he brings in that helps uh, the team unlock her stubborn defenses through the middle rather than like having to go through the donut of sadness is going to be very effective and useful for us because without him we always keep doing the round the donut all over again yeah uh, with him we are able to actually pass the ball through the middle a lot more and that's what you need like passing the ball through the middle and giving balls for abameyang and saka to run through too mm-hmm. so with that given that like i think he's going to be useful for that and uh, Uh, I'm I'm hoping for better, better for more and better for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Deepak, uh, there there was some injury scares during the game, right? Like uh, Saka has a uh, little bit niggle; he limped off a little bit. And uh, I think uh, I think when uh, uh, Shaka was replaced too during the game, uh, even before I don't know if it's an injury scare or anything. Uh, so. Uh, w- do you think saka is all right because even in the previous game right chelsea yeah. game he had a, he had a limping so and uh, tierney is already uh, oh, yeah. not sure if he's available or not so do you see again like we are going into like we got two players back and we uh, we lose two players is this going to happen no all? don't don't say we are going to lose them already <laughs> don't jinx it <laughs> No but yeah, that is hopefully yeah hopefully he is not injured i would still like rest saka for city game i don't want to start like him like uh, mm-hmm. probably he can come off the bench or like around 50th 60th minute so because anyway odegaard is going to play as number 10 right mm-hmm. most probably so esr he has to fit esr somewhere else. so probably i would start esr in the left wing left yeah left wing yes Mm-hmm. Uh, so i would like give saka a rest if he's not completely fit let's say he's not 100% fit why just start it against city just give him a rest and like let him start for norwich but then again like uh, it's uh, it's saka, going to be... i don't know he's like he has been starting for uh, what four seasons like day in day out so yep. probably that was like a just a rest given that we were mm-hmm. three or four nil up mm-hmm. okay hopefully that's the, that's actually the case i mean I, i i actually i also saw something i don't know if you guys noticed arteta sat with uh, pablo mari in the uh, in the dugout the <laughs> whole world saw that yeah and uh, they were having a really uh, long conversation with uh, something so uh, bob do you do you reckon like let's let's jump into the manchester city game uh, as an expected lineup do you see mari coming back into the team and uh, holding and mari being the partnership or uh, something else 
Um, we are not. We are not still sure on uh, Ben White, are we? I think. Um, no, no, he's out. He's out. He's out. He's out. He's out. I think Arjun mentioned he's out. He's out. He's out. Okay. So if that's going to be the case, then we don't have much options as well. Um, you know, Kolasinac was just a um, you know trial run uh, lineup that we did against West Brom. I don't think we would be going with that. So Ma- Mari will uh, get the nod, um, and then he will be partnering um, holding. And uh, since both of them are very agile. Um, in a very ironic way, <laughs> I don't know really. Uh, it's just having two um, posts there standing, you know, just closer to the goal. So uh, um, that's that's probably the best thing that we could do at this point, you know, having having no backups at least in that position or decent backups enough. So if uh, if we put Mari and Holding over there, then uh, left back would be uh, Tierney if he's available, but I'm not sure if he is. Uh, else, it's going to be Tavares. But again, the big question is who's going to play right back, Bob? Do you think uh, Callum Chambers continuing, or do you see Cedric coming back? I probably feel uh, Cedric would get the nod, um, given that um, he he did try to attempt a few crosses uh, in the Chelsea game. I mean, none of it was being fruitful, uh, but hopefully with Aubameyang up front. Um, there should be better conversion uh, should a chance come in. So I, I feel to me, I feel Cedric would get the nod ahead of uh, Chambers. Mm-hmm. And uh, continuing on, uh, Deepak, do you want to do the midfield? Or do you want to talk about who we would pick in the midfield? Uh, Shaka is going to be Shaka is going to be a main stay. But do you think that? Might you're, be you're not giving him a lot of options here when you talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, do you think Elneny would be starting ahead of uh, Sambi because uh, of this game, especially? Uh, no, uh, Sambi should start. Like, he was, he was our best player against Chelsea, even though that wasn't like a big yardstick, but still, mm-hmm. he was our best player. So I would start Sambi there. And and uh, Odegaard to be the number ten, or do you put yeah, ESR back? No, I would still start Odegaard to be the number ten. ESR, I feel he's he moves the ball. He his runs are good, but he's not his passing is not penetrative enough. So mm-hmm. I would still stick with uh, Odegaard in number ten and move ESR to a left wing. He actually plays well in left wing. ESR. Yeah. Yeah. So he can cut in and do whatever he wants to do there. So, uh, so as I said previously, I would dress Saka and move ESR to the left wing and start Odegaard at number ten. Mm-hmm. And we don't have much choice in midfield. We have just three fit players. So, <laughs> just start Sambi and Saka, the uh, <laughs> best of the three. <laughs> but, uh, but Arun, if that is the case, right? If, uh, for example, if we start both ESR and Odegaard, then either Pepe or Saka loses out. And uh, both of them had a pretty decent game uh, against West Brom. And Saka of... was a baller. Decent game, Saka was running the show. No, I, I get it. But then I'm, I'm just saying, like, so uh, who do you drop? Because even Pepe had a really good game against West Brom. And uh, uh, even against Brentford, he had a really decent game. Uh, Chelsea, yeah, again, he was de- decent again. So do you drop Pepe or do you drop Saka? Considering the, that it's an away game, um, and and the fact that we did not play a back three against Chelsea, I would assume that he is going to play a back four. 
And again, given that it's an away game, I don't see why he would play two attacking midfielders uh, in ESR and Odegaard. So I would like to think that only one of them is going to play. Okay. Uh, it's it's going to be for me from the mid because. Uh, uh but if i'm going to be taking one of them out then then uh, i would like to like play if, if both saka and pepe are available then both of them would play otherwise esr would play but it's uh, it it's going to be just one of the two number 10s playing uh, and i think uh jaka is definitely going to play in the midfield but uh, since it's an away game again uh, something makes me think that elneny might play with him that because i my, think that yeah that was my but, thought too because i think like say, he would he would like to uh basically you know like try and um, keep it safe since being in a away game and like to pre- pre- preserve the confidence rather than like go all out and he knows that if he go goes all out he's going to get murdered for sure mm-hmm. the amount of spaces that we leave open if we try going all out is unbelievable so i think at this point he'll just try to play it safe so i see jaka elneny one of odegaard and esr playing and uh, saka pepe our man even if we don't go all out we will be mar- they will just simply pass around us <laughs> well well it's I, i know but there's a difference between getting 60 bagels and 30 bagels right like the I, confidence there is one thing though i am pretty sure that we will never be beaten 60 or 50 uh, I, i mean uh, not to jinx it Um, we've been we've been breaking all the records like 100 year old records so don't say anything <laughs> with this team anything is possible <laughs> but uh, um, i've got a slightly different take there on the midfield um uh-huh. so right. i feel probably that um, saka will play on the right and then esr on to the left with odegaard in the in the center and then probably if at all they needs to be a substitution then i i probably would feel um saka would be moving to the other flank onto the left for pepe to come on to the right should a substitution arise um that's what i feel it, that would actually give some mobility in the team and then that would possibly throw some surprise to the opposition in terms of the gameplay um switching switching um players in between but yeah i think it's just my um imagination purely so so that that's uh, that's that brings me to another question right how much of it is uh, is is surprising that our, like we never seem to have a set starting 11 right it's it's with arteta you can never predict who's going to play not even arsenal fans who are watching day in and day out uh, for me that's a real sticker i mean uh, i kind of see the reasons in some of the cases like uh, because of injuries his hands getting force a little bit but again we cannot nail even like apart from obamyang we cannot nail and leno we cannot nail even one position who's going to play where right i mean maybe if shaka you are, if you are winning you would stick to the 11 but if if it is not happening you tend to like chop and change Somehow, but every like, single game every it's not game. happening like he said nothing's happening and that's why we're chopping and change <laughs> Right now, right now you can say we would like probably stick with a starting 11 but we have like let's say two good players at number 10 position right now so probably that would come as a factor when when like he wants to change something but even if he chops and changes the team you see we play the same way that is the main thing right 
it doesn't matter about the personal if he just changes the personal but the system remains the same the donut of sadness or whatever <laughs> if he wants to change something it has to be the system that i don't see any anywhere happening so it, change chopping and changing doesn't make much of a difference okay here. okay we did enough of art data during the last uh, episode so we we shouldn't <laughs> go there but bob uh, let me let me hold you a little bit over there for the uh, quick you know danger men uh, predictions like who do you see because i think kevin de bruyne is uh, injured uh, or is unavailable for uh, for city so who do you see as the danger men from city and from us um in terms of the danger men from city any 11 that uh, say pep puts on the team sheet is all danger men for us ideally we would we wouldn't want anyone to be on the field for from without any handbreak um unfortunately i can't single out anyone um, everyone are deadly enough um, i mean even their third string 11 is still still too much for us to handle at this point so um that's how it goes in terms of who who could potentially make a difference yeah oba definitely i think um, with with the recent goals i i probably feel that would that would be a spring hook for him to to go on to score more goals so oba would be a threat uh, from our end and uh, so would be odegaard should be start against the game so they are the ones who who could potentially unlock some of these passes and then could make a difference and hurt the opposition as bob was mentioning right everyone everyone from city 11 could be a danger man but but again uh, uh, deepak who would be our our important player apart from obameyang for scoring if at all we get to score i would still say leno because <laughs> city would uh, create like a, a guilt edge of chances of around 20 25 chances so i would <laughs> still feel leno would be our most important player if we want to uh, keep the goals conceded down to at least two or three so i would <laughs> not even talking about like one or clean sheet no <laughs> we'll I, i don't like sheet i i expected us to keep a clean sheet against chelsea but definitely not against city <laughs> <laughs> you you see how they play right they literally create 20 20 if they had a good striker they would be easily scoring i would say 120 150 goals a season they could easily do that but yeah given the amount of chances sterling and jesus and every others miss they still score 100 goals every season so yeah uh, so that is the only hope those two will be starting and they would miss chances probably it would end up with 2 nil or 3 nil but leno would be the best player hmm best or most important player oh, sorry not best <laughs> player i don't do you want to add something because i think uh, i think we are running out of things to shaka shaka most important player for me for the game would be shaka okay uh, for yes. him not to do any stupidity yes exactly exactly that's the reason why because everything is going he has to control the midfield and one mistake from him which is capable of uh every half an hour is is going to prove very costly so uh, yeah he's going to be the most important player <laughs> so i think like uh, i think we would like to keep uh, the you know the 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 negativity for the city game under control so i think we will just stop it here and we'll do the predictions later but before that uh, i don't know bob if you saw the article or if you listen to the podcast of uh, you know uh, onstein with uh, jack wilshere 
I mean, it's it's very sad to see the state of what has happened to one of one of our brightest, uh, you know, spark. Nowadays, people would be talking about Jack relation, like what not, and English, and like this kind of young players coming up. But all this started, or at least with Arsenal, we saw the potential with Jack Wilshere when he was 16 and 18, and we had so much hopes for him. And as he mentioned in this, like 27, 28, it's supposed to be his his years and. Right from 26 is supposed to be when a midfielder becomes his best version of himself. And uh, to see the state of him, what are your thoughts on it? Did you listen to it? I did. I did definitely listen to it. And I, I had to admit that I shed a tear or two um, having listened to it. I mean, my heart was bleeding literally the day that Jack Wilshere left um, Arsenal and and even to this day, I really regret one of those as, you know, the worst decision the club has actually taken against. I mean, he is your club legend and having let him go, be it anywhere, is, is not acceptable. You, you know, you should have at least, you know, proved or gone an extra mile in, in trying to convince him to stay. And then, I mean, he pretty much summed up... Um, the you know sentiments as well that he shouldn't have left Arsenal in the first place, um, which was quite right from both our point of views. But but yeah, I think um, right since Onstein po- posted that um, in Twitter, um, there were a lot of people who responded back. You know, in particular about um, some of these um, Hale and graduates like Willock and then Isaac Hayden. And even even Declan Rice, who's who's now considered as one of the top midfielders in England right now, um, he came on to say um, what a player Jack has been, uh, even a better person that he has been as well, shows shows the greatness of what Jack has been doing. I mean, injuries have been really unfortunate. If at all, if at all I could make a plea or we could together make a plea as part of this part, um, we would want um, Jack Wilshire to be back, you know, considering that our current midfield is anyway shit. So, I mean, only thing, if we show glimpses of what he can or what he has done in the past, um, then it could only make it look better. Um, and since he's being a homegrown, you don't need to you know, allocate him um, under any quota. So you just have to register um, I mean, under our club. So that's all I would say. Uh, I don't want to go further into it. It's, it's going to make me sentimental for sure. I don't, uh, I mean, I had uh, the same uh, feelings as Bob too. And I was thinking of the same thing that if not for anything, let's just sign him, right? We have we have spent so much money on players like Ozil to buy uh, buy out Willian, like the, uh, looks like uh, that's what we are going to do. And all these things, it's not going to be a big deal about the money side of it if we are going to sign Jack Wilcher. And uh, listening to him talk about how his kids we're asking him what is he training for and uh, the way it was it, it was really heavy to hear the whole thing and to read the whole thing um what are what are your thoughts on 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 jack because i mean as 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 we started watching arsenal or as we were watching it with a higher sense of you know um expectation than now now we are seeing like city game yeah we are writing it off but when jack was playing it was not such a case we were still there. We were still there and about when he was at the top of his powers. We went to Barcelona. You know, that's everyone brings that up. How how he was 
considered one of the brightest talent of all time um so what are your thoughts on on that jack will share um is and always will be uh, special and significant um primarily because during the wenger era he was actually uh, the first graduate from hailand academy who actually did well at the world stage you know if you think about it fabregas was not from the academy he joined he came to us at 16 he was already a part of barcelona and he did play for well for us but can you really think of someone from the academy before jack who came and did so well no so he was like a part of the wenger project that 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 was supposed to be the future you know uh, so he's he so he'll always be special that one season that he had at 16 which ultimately proved to be his uh, greatest uh, you know like sadly his greatest uh, memories our greatest memories of him in an arsenal shirt as well as his undoing because of the amount of games that he played uh i i believe that that's partly honest you know we could have managed him better we could have played him that 16 he was playing close to 50 games uh a season because of the lack of personnel and that like that ended uh, your body at that age can only take so more you know so much so it, it showed with rooney rooney at 16 was like raw and and world beating but that ultimately made him retire from football around 30 31 at the top level you know uh if had we continued what we did that could have happened to jack but sadly his body could not even take as much you know it had to stop at some point he is his i wouldn't say regression due to his playing ability but regression due to how much his body could take uh, meant that he could not play at the highest level anymore and he would kept going below down one below which has come to this situation now where he's not having a club which is really sad for me as a national fan and someone who really liked him when when he started was giving him full support it's really sad for for me to see i didn't i didn't read the, i didn't i didn't see the listen to the podcast but i did read like glimpses of that interview um but yeah i mean it's really sad but i do not know if bringing him with us as a player and paying him he's not going to pay for uh, play for free is going to like improve anything uh for him anymore uh, i i am not sure if he'd be able to play football at the highest level anymore even you are coming back from injuries like this and all your loan spells have been bad as much as i would like to see him you know like the sentiment the emotion and all that i think unfortunately playing at the premier league is going to be too much for him now with the pace and his abilities in not abilities injury record so if you ask me if i would like to give him a chance at arsenal again no i would like to wish him the best maybe at a lower league but if he could possibly come in as someone at the technical department uh, that could help the club move forward uh, i would love to take him in that uh, position mm-hmm. uh, deepak uh, any thoughts on that because for me right uh, when i see right now when i see even like any of the england players being hyped up i kind of compare him compare it with what jack was right like when he was 16 when he was 18 i keep comparing to and then i'm thinking like oh you kids don't know what actually is a baller for england would look like right yeah. uh, i think uh, that's how my memory of jack is and uh, right now like like all of us have mentioned right uh, to see him without a club without a club that's that's the worst thing that could happen to a player and i don't know if you have read the whole transcripts yeah very... i did uh, yeah i did like that uh, the interview was like incredibly raw i think it takes a lot of guts from him to like give out an interview like that so uh, probably i would say like 
uh, not having a club is not something which we can blame the other clubs not trying to sign him. It is also down to him. I think he has like a incredibly like a stupid agent who cannot find a proper club for him. He, he can easily like sign for a, a like a championship club if I don't know what is the reason behind like no club wants him because he says he has been fit for like what a year and a half. Probably it is down to his agent. Uh, if he had a good agent like someone like William, <laughs> who is <laughs> for like week, Jack can definitely find a club who can use his services and probably can reduce his wages and play for it. I would love for him to play for Arsenal, but uh, yeah, probably uh, it is sentimental as like Arun said. I usually like always see at this uh, Barcelona game every <laughs> every month. <laughs> and when you see the highlights, you clearly see it was him who, who like watched that game. So it is always like that sentimental factor. Um, so yeah, if he ch- probably changes his agent and he would definitely get a good uh, club. So hopefully he finds a new club and I would love to see him play at Arsenal. That is definitely a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, given we have El Nani and like some other shit, <laughs> we can also play like him. Why not? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, let's let's put like let's start the discussion about Jack right there because I think like we would go on for hours if we are talking about uh, the past. Uh, uh, so we will have the usual uh, stats section from Bob now. Bob, do you have any stats for us? All right. Okay. So. I mean, we don't have much hopes in terms of the game, right? <laughs> and the stats as well doesn't help us in any way. Um, as you all probably know, you know, we lost the last game that we played against them at the Emirates um, to a one-nil scoreline um, in which Sterling scored. We lost the last game that we played at Etihad with the similar scoreline, one-nil, with uh, the same scorers, Sterling, <laughs> who actually scored the same goal. Um um, City has won the last three games um, against Arsenal so far. Um, Only three? Prob- <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last three games that they have uh, played against us and they have just lost once in those last 14 games that they've played. So, we'll have to guess, you know, we, we emulate that one loss that they had. <laughs> uh, that was potentially in the FA Cup semi-final um, in 2020 where we defeated them 2-0. Thanks we also won in, but also we won against them in like 2016 or something, right? When Santi, yeah. Had, so I, I mean, yeah. So this is just stretching to the last 14 games that, oh, okay. that we played them. Um, <laughs> there's not been any draws at all in the last 11 games, and most worrying stat is the fact that you know the they they have scored a goal in their last 35 games at oh. Etihad. Yeah, so <laughs> be it anyone that they put up front, you know, you could expect them to score. Even if it's going to be Edison up front in the in the number <laughs> eleven question, you know, you could expect him to score at any point in time. Um, Sterling has been, uh, you know, the player who's done the most damage to Arsenal in terms of what he's done. So um, they're, um, you know, in terms of the stats for Arsenal, you know, they as you probably know. <laughs> We've made the worst start in the Premier League history where we've lost the opening two games and have not scored a goal, more importantly. Um, it's as well um, note that, you know, if at all we lose 
the next game against City, then which means that um, our this record stretches back to 1954-55 uh, season where we have lost the first three games of the opening, um, you know, fixtures. Um, during that year, we finished ninth in the table, so which is still <laughs> not too bad as compared to what we finished last year. Uh, um, it, it, it's as well worth noting that you know against um, West Brom um, um, was the first time since September 2020 that both Lacazette and Oba scored in the same game. Oh, really? Wow, yes. that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, none of us would have really guessed that as such, you know, because uh, there's been such a drought and, and more importantly, they've not been having scored so much goals in the past together in the same game, possibly, um, and having not scored a goal, um, you know, in the same game, um, that's what that was quite revealing as well. And um, yeah, um, the, the game against West Brom on Wednesday, you know, that was the first time that Arsenal are under... Arteta has managed to score more than five goals in a game. And I mean, just to take into perspective, Manchester City easily brushed off Norwich final um, <laughs> against, you know, we, yeah, against Norwich at home. We are not competing against City for scoring or for anything. <laughs> there is no way we could do anything to City. City are like in a different league and uh, yeah. Sadly, we, um, one final stat to um, say: you know, Arsenal have actually lost their last six games against the reigning Premier League champions, exactly conceding three goals apiece. Oh, so <laughs> in the last five, that was. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything's against Arsenal. <laughs> but anyways, okay. uh, thanks so much for that stat, Corner. Uh, but uh, let's continue on a little bit about transfers. Do you see any new news out there, rumours? We are yeah, still so like we four, all, years, um, four days, three days out. Yeah, Yeah. Ahead. so there's, there's still some time left and then uh, there's been a lot of news getting traction. Um, so, um, as we all, you know, last touched upon, Pereira has now completed his medical and has signed for uh, Fiorentina, which has been done and dusted. Um, and then the next thing, which is sort of progressing as well, is the fact that um, Pele and the Corinthians, um, what needs to be decided upon is the fact that um, if Arsenal step in to actually subsidize some of these player wages, for Villayan, or would um, Villayan himself um, take down a cut down fee to join Corinthians in a reduced fee sort of a thing? So that's what is being ironed out at this moment. Um, in terms of Kolasinac to Fenerbahce, um, there's been there's been some news reports to it, but nothing has been confirmed so far. There's not been any concrete links, um, which which makes the deal look imminent so far. Um, Apart from that, there is other one interesting things with the with the real financial mess that Lyon are in at the moment. They have been offering Hossem OR everywhere around Europe, and there's not been much takers. Tottenham were once offered, and they they've been really thinking on it um, as such. But that could change, in my opinion, because there's been an interest from um, Watford for uh, Musa Sissoko, and if should that materialize, they might want to take OR. Um, from Lyon, but as of this morning, I read that um, um, he is as well being offered to Arsenal on a loan plus obligation to buy. 
Um, and uh, I'm not sure what's the response from Arsenal so far. So that's been one of the things uh, which is being spoken about in the media. And finally, on the last thing um, regarding the strikers, there's been an interest, um, renewed interest, I have to say, from um, Crystal Palace for Eddie Nikitia uh, for 11.5 million pounds. Um, but I'm not sure how that's going to progress, considering the fact that he's just returning back from injury. Yeah. Um, regarding Lacazette, as we all know, he is again entering into the final year of his contract, and there's been there's been talks that should the move for Ronaldo to Manchester City progress through, um, there might be a chance where um, Juventus would want to replace Ronaldo with possibly uh, Mauricio Icardi from uh, PSG. And, and as a backup option, they've as well thought of, like I said, to replace um, Ronaldo at Juventus. So that's, again, one of those moves which could potentially materialize during the last stages of the transfer window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it in terms of the outgoings and incomings so far. There's not been any concrete link interest apart from that. Probably we'll hear more about it after uh, the City game because there will be like last, last day dash, I guess. Uh, for some of the players, I mean, we don't have a lot of uh, players to buy, or we don't we don't have a lot of players to sell, uh, which which is going to be like a dash uh, kind of scenario. So hopefully, yeah. So I I as well read that should a move for Ronaldo um, happen to City, then it means that Sterling would want to uh, you know move out. Um, I'm not sure who would be the takers considering his price tag and all those sort of things, but. Uh, as we know, we've been linked with Sterling in the past. Um, I'm not saying this could happen. There's not enough information or there's no um, enough substance for us to believe that such a thing would happen. But but it's just that in, uh, Sterling could be on the move is what I, I read. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see in a couple of days what's uh, going to transpire. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for that uh, you Thank know, you. transfer. So let's let's round this up a little bit uh, quicker. Uh, so, do you guys want to do a predictions for the Manchester City game, Bob? Do you want to do a prediction for the City game? Uh, if I have a choice, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if you don't have a choice? <laughs> okay, three nil win to City. Wow. Okay, uh, Arun, do you want to go next? Two zero for City. I'm assuming that he's going to be decent and just score. Let him let them score two score two goals and stop right with that. Deepak, Deepak, come on, come on. <laughs> no one. I would be happy. I would be happy if we score a goal, but I don't. I don't see that happening. So I'm going to be the only one who is going to predict that we are going to score a goal. I think we are going to score a goal, but uh, again, City will win it. Uh, you're, you're, you're a very gutsy guy. <laughs> I think I think Oba will continue his form. Uh, he, he always does that in pairs. So I think like for me, I would go for a 2-1 victory to City again. So, uh, I mean, none of us are going to predict a victory for Arsenal, but yeah, I, yeah. I am going to be the most positive with at least Arsenal scoring a goal. Yeah, we'll be happy if we score a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine we having like zero points and zero goals scored after three games. <laughs> uh, all right, don't 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 go there yet. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it in the uh, review for the game. Anyways, thank you guys. Thank you for joining in today. Uh, it has been really nice talking to you all as as always. 
Thanks. See you soon. Bye. Bye. And that is the end of the pod. For more Arsenal-related content, please like, subscribe, and share to the Awake Owners Podcast. See you next week. Oh, no! Oh, no!